God's people had traveled out of Egypt and were almost to the Promised Land, God told Moses to send men to scout out the land of Canaan. This is the land God was giving to the Israelites. So Moses sent out one leader from each family tribe. Moses told the leaders to see what the land was like and whether the people living there were strong or weak, few or many. Moses had many questions. Is the land good or bad? Are the cities they live in camps or forts? Is the land good for farming? Are there any trees? Moses urged the scouts to be courageous. So the 12 scouts traveled throughout the land for 40 days. They cut down a cluster of grapes that was so big it took two men to carry it on a pole. Then they went back to tell Moses, Aaron, and the other Israelites what they saw. The land is good. It is flowing with milk and honey, they said. But the people who live there are strong and the cities they live in are large and well protected. Then Caleb, one of the men sent to scout out the land, said, We must go up and take possession of the land. We can certainly conquer it with God's help. Oh no! But other men disagreed. We can't go up against the people. They are stronger than we are. We look like grasshoppers compared to them. <laughs> the people were afraid, and they cried all night. They thought Moses and Aaron had brought them to Canaan to die. The Israelites said, Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Joshua and Caleb tore their clothes and said again, The land we explored is extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will give it to us. Don't be afraid of the people living in the land. God is with us. The Lord spoke to Moses. How long will these people not trust me? God threatened to destroy all the people, but Moses urged God to forgive them. Moses reminded God that he is patient, loving, and forgiving. Since Caleb and Joshua had followed God completely, God decided to let them enter the Promised Land. God said that the Israelites who did not trust him would wander in the wilderness 40 years and they would not enter the Promised Land. All of the spies who went to scout out the land died before entering, except for Joshua and Caleb.
his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you.
Well, hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to Sunday service. My name is Pastor Todd. I'm so thankful that you're here. Uh, if this is the first time, by the way, that you found this stream, we want to welcome you. And we do this every Sunday. And there's a great, amazing community from around the world that we, we talk to each other throughout the week. We pray for one another. Uh, but God is connecting like-minded remnant believers from all around the world, I believe, for a time as this. Uh, we believe he's putting together an underground railroad for the remnant in the midst of all the craziness in our world. God is raising up uh, a group of powerful believers that have the weapons of our warfare, which we know are not carnal, but are mighty in the spirit of God for the pulling down of strongholds. And that's what we need to be doing right now is pulling down strongholds because there is a, a wicked plan and we're seeing it materialize before our eyes. Uh, just this last week, I got demonetized. The last uh, bit of, of anything that we could make any money uh, on social media. You know, YouTube has demonetized me. Facebook has demonetized me. This week, they blew up my business account. So I used to be able to run ads uh, for other ministries. It was a way that I could kind of help and, and also make some money uh, for the ministry. And they now took that ability away from me as well. So my whole business account got blown up in the middle of the night this week. It's probably related to me being up in Batavia recently and speaking out. I don't really know. Uh, all I know is, is that I'm on their radar. I'm on some list somewhere. They hate what I'm doing. And we really got to think about that. Everybody's got to think about that. Okay. I was talking to a pastor friend out in California about this this week. It's not like I'm putting out any type of, I'm not putting out violent information. I'm not putting out anything that's mean or hateful or, you know, anything of that nature. I'm, I'm literally speaking about the word of God. I'm relating to the times that we're in and referencing, cross-referencing to the Bible. We put up a bunch of posts, encouraging posts, but I, I tend to be a little more vocal than most pastors, if you haven't noticed. And so they have a target on my back, a target on this ministry's back for some reason. And um, they, they just continue to try to make it harder and harder for us to, to, to assemble, for us to speak the truth. And so we know that they're not going to let up on this. But at the same time, we know that the God of heaven and earth is with us and we are going to continue to stand and push ahead and speak biblical truth. And that's the truth of the word of God, which sets the captive free. We are not going to back down. We're not going to grow weary in doing good. We're going to stand on God's promises and we are going to occupy until he comes. So I just want you to know the, the pressure's on. We need your support more than ever. I, I've stopped airing... Um, you know, anything really about tithing on the broadcast, because some people were saying, you know, oh, oh, here he goes. You know, it's about money. And look, you know, if you know me, you know me. It's not OK. This is about me uh, having a calling that I answered when I was stabbed nine times. One of them was in the heart. That was my Damascus Road. I said yes to the Lord. I told him I would do this. And here I am. I'm, I'm sharing the truth to the Bible. And I know that God is with us. I feel him. I feel your prayers. I feel your prayers from all around the world. And I want to thank you. Thank you for your prayers. But I just want you to know, sometimes you might see a post or something where I say, hey, pray for us. The battle is vicious right now. And I believe it's going to be 
pretty vicious, probably up until the midterm and even afterwards, um, because I'm a vocal pastor. I'm outspoken. I'm calling these things out, these things that are demonic. You know, we often talk about it, calling a spade a spade. We're, we're, we're laying it out. We're laying out the situation. That's what we're going to do in this morning's broadcast. We're going to lay out the situation from a biblical standpoint where there's historical precedent of a similar type of scenario. We, we talked about in the past the, the separation and the preparation before we go into the destination. I believe that God is not done with America. I believe he's not done with you. I believe wherever you're tuning in from, he, you know, he has a plan and a purpose for you. He didn't just bring us here to just, that's it. You know, the, you know he told us occupy until he comes. So not, not just like, you know, sit back and, you know, do nothing. Okay. He said, occupy until he comes. He's given us the weapons of our warfare. We talk about them often. He's given us a mandate to go and make disciples of the nations. Uh, these are things that we're doing, getting people saved, set free, healed and delivered, waking up people, letting people see what's going on. I also do a lot at the Religious Liberty Coalition throughout the week. We do podcasts and remnant.news. We're a very active ministry. And so, of course, there is a target on our back. And so I just want to thank you for those that are helping us. And for those that haven't, maybe you've been praying about it or asking, Lord, I would implore you, please ask the Lord, uh, because this ministry is in quite the battle right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, why don't more pastors speak out? Why don't more pastors do this? Well, I'll tell you, because they come after you. And that's what people are afraid of. They're afraid of, uh, you know, people coming after them, the government coming after them, the IRS coming after them whoever, you know, and so we, we take those arrows and we stand, but we need your help because again, a lot of people say, why aren't more pastors? Well, we're doing it. We're here. This ministry is here. And so please pray about it. Okay. Please pray about it. We really appreciate it. You can go to toddcoconado.com slash give toddcoconado.com slash give. And uh, we're going to be right back after this video with the message. The Israelites descendants of Abraham fled to live in exile in Egypt due to famine. The Egyptians were terrified of the Israelites' expansion, so they enslaved them. The Israelites could not bear the torture and prayed to God. God heard their prayers and decided to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He then called on Moses. Moses, now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses went to see the Egyptian Pharaoh with God's command. But the Pharaoh would not agree to release the Israelites. The stubborn Pharaoh did not give in until God unleashed 10 plagues. The Israelites finally departed from Egypt under God's guidance. 
the salvation of Jehovah. Lift you up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. That's exactly what we're going to talk about today is the spies in the land. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and get them out right now? I'm going to read like I did last week, and we'll put the picture up as I'm reading. So you don't have to stare at me reading uh, about you know, some of my notes and what I want to get into about Joshua and Caleb and why this is so applicable for today. Before we do that, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. We're getting your word. I pray that my heart would be in the right place. Lord God, that you would use me and sanctify me this morning. You'd, you'd give me an unction of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we'd be uh, led to what you would want to speak about today, that our hearts would be touched and moved. And Lord God, that we would be people of action. We'd be people of big faith. Lord God, we would not grow weary. We would not be burnt out. This morning, we'd be recharged and strengthened in our faith. And Lord God, we would get in your word. You say faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word. And so we pray that our faith would be increased as well in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read right now my notes. It says Joshua and Caleb are two Israelite men whose stories often offer an example of faithful commitment to the Lord. Both men came out of Egypt with the Israelites through the Red Sea. We talked about that last week and into the wilderness. Now, let's just stop there for a second. Okay. <laughs> Many of us think that once the miracle happens, once the breakthrough happens, that's it. Like, you know, it's like once I get saved, that's it. No, that's, we know that's just the beginning. So many of you have had breakthroughs in your life. I've had breakthroughs in my life. Many miracles, things that the Lord's done over the years. And, you know, you just wish that would be like the end. And you, you're just like a happily ever after after that. And then you find out that life in Christ is not like that. It's a series of mountaintop and valley experiences. So you're going to have powerful seasons where you feel like you're on top of the world. You're going to have seasons where it's very excruciating. And, and if you don't have the strength of the Lord, 
you literally won't make it. Okay. And I've been through several of those. And I know many of you have as well. Some of you may be going through a season like that right now. Okay. And, and like I said before, uh, you know, this ministry isn't quite the battle right now. So we, we relate to you. Okay. But both men came out of Egypt with the Israelites through the Red Sea into the wilderness. Okay. Joshua and Caleb were selected along with 10 other men to explore the quote unquote promised land. Okay. They had been, they've been told, look, you're going to go into the promised land. It's a land where milk and honey flows. You're going to have your own land. You know, it's going to be amazing. The Lord is going to bless you, you know, your offspring. And so they were asked to go into this land and then give a report to Moses and the people. Okay. So let's just think about this today. Somebody sends you and I and like, you know, 10 other people. Okay. Into an, an area. Let's say we look at the United States today. And they say, do a report on the United States. Tell us if it's a, if it's a good place for a Christian to live today. Okay. And, you know, we, we do this extensive report. We go into the United States and we say, oh my gosh, there's a deep state. Oh my gosh, there's a fake news media. Oh my gosh, there's a cabal of people that are trying to call Christians bad people. You know, trying to say we're hate mongers and label us as hate groups, you know, and, and say that what's good is evil and what's evil is good and teach our, children, all these awful things and sexualized curriculum and all this immoral stuff. And, and so we go back and we report and we say, the giants are too big in America. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're never going to be able to defeat the cabal. Okay. I want you to really relate to this story because there's a lot of this going on right now. There's a lot of people in the church that are saying, just prepare the saints for the end. It's it. That's done. Like pastor Todd, all we need, we need to get our bunkers. We need to get our survival food, our bunkers, and, and that's it. We're about to be raptured out of here. Okay, and so I want to explain why this has actually happened historically. When the children of Israel had seen a great breakthrough and a great miracle, we talked about it last week at the Red Sea, before that even, where the plagues came and the Pharaoh finally let the people of God go. And now they're, they're set to go into the promised land. So think about all the miracles you've, been, you've had in your life. You know, maybe you've had a, a son or a daughter. That's a miracle right there. You know, maybe your marriage has been restored. Maybe the Lord's healed you of cancer, or healed you of a disease, or, you know, when it seemed like there was no hope, somehow God got you through. Of course, I can relate to that with my story of the stabbing and, you know, different stories. You know, Michelle and I have stories together in our marriage and, you know, so many things that we could share over the years that God has been faithful. And, and, and so same thing, you know, we've seen a bunch of miracles like the children of Israel. They saw a bunch of miracles. You've seen a bunch of miracles. You say, well, Pastor Todd, I haven't seen any miracles. Well, I find that hard to believe because you're a miracle. Have you ever looked at the human anatomy and your heart and the fact that it beats and you wake up every day and you're still here? You are a walking, breathing miracle. You are a child of the most high God. You are the creations of heaven and earth's creation, the creator of heaven and earth's creation. Okay. Think about how special that is. Think about how powerful that is. There's no science. There's no one that could create you other than the God of heaven and earth. He is the creator of all things. And he is the whole reason why this is all here. So it's all a miracle. You know, you look at a sunset. That's a miracle. I mean, you know, just, just look at life. Life is full of miracles. Life is full of showing us how real God is every day. Uh, if you haven't ever listened to that movie um, from Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ, he, he really lays it out from a journalistic standpoint. 
you know, of, of all the things that the Lord has done and how there's such a strong case and strong evidence that God is real. And the fact that anybody could negate that or say that we just came out of nowhere from nothing, that takes a million times more faith than knowing that, you know, intelligent design is real, that there's a creator, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, and the end, the first and the last, right? So I just want to continue to implore you to think about these things because I, I hear people, some of you guys write me and you say, I've never seen a miracle. God's never spoke to me. And I understand the premise and I understand what you're saying or you're trying to say, but think about that deeper. Has God really never spoke to you about anything? You know, have, have you been, have you seen miracles happen in your own life? Things that maybe you didn't give God the credit for, but that he did, right? That he, that he kept you, that, that he allowed you to be sustained, that he, he gave you the manna, the sustenance, whatever it took for you to still be here today. Think about those things, okay? I'm going to continue reading. After a 40-day exploration of Canaan, the explorers reported, we went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk, milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified at very large. And we even saw descendants of Anak there. And that's in uh, Numbers 13, 27 through 28. If you're taking notes, Numbers 13, 27 through 28. And this report frightened the people. Okay, so they come back and they say, look, there's giants in the land. Yes, there's a promised land. Okay, yes, it flows with milk and honey. But guess what? There's these giants there and they're fortified and there's just, I don't, I don't think we can beat them. And so the people automatically got fear on them. Okay. And this is what's happening. I'm going to get into this a little bit more in a bit, but we're having a similar situation right now in the body of Christ. Okay. And that's why I'm talking about this today. I think it's so applicable. Now, Caleb had a different attitude from the other spies. Okay. And that's in verse 30. It says this, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we certainly could do it. When the people complained that they could not go up and conquer the land, both Caleb and Joshua responded strongly. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of uh, Jephunneh, tore their clothes and said the entire Israelite assembly, okay, this is what they said to them, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and it will give to us only do not rebel against God. Okay, here's the thing. He's going to give them the land. He's going to give them the land. And do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. That's in Numbers 14, 6 through 9. Numbers 14, 6 through 9. So you got two men that are like a lot of you and I, okay? They're remnant warriors, okay? Joshua and Caleb. You got these guys. They're, they're staring down the barrel of the enemy. They're looking at the same giants that these other 10 did, okay? Same giants. But they're saying, look, we know the God we serve. He's the God of heaven and earth. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the one and only true God. He's the one that delivered us through the hand of of Moses uh, from the Pharaoh. He's the one that parted the Red Sea. And he is the same God that will allow us to conquer these giants and take the territory that he's promised because he's good. He's good. You got the other guys. Okay. And they're like, look, there's, there's no way this is going to happen. Even though they had just gone through the Red Sea, literally. I mean, think about this. They literally just had witnessed this insane miracle. 
Okay, we're talking about the people that were that were given manna. We're talking about the people that had, you know, the Lord's protection on them, you know, and, and, and the Lord was with them throughout this entire thing as they're in the wilderness. And yet here they are looking at, at these giants and saying they're too big. And I just I have to tell you, there's there's a lot of preachers in America and around the world right now that are looking at these giants that we're dealing with. First of all, they don't even want to mention the giants. They don't even want to mention the fact that this is even happening. So the first thing that we've got to understand is, yes, we're in a war. Yes, it's a spiritual war. We are wartime pastors. We are wartime Christians. The hour that we're in is an urgent hour. The hour that we're in is a significant hour. I talk about it all the time. A pivotal crossroads, a significant hour. The Israelites were once again at a pivotal crossroads, a significant hour, because it was going to be determinative based upon the reports of these spies. And then the way the people reacted and responded in the leadership in the camp of what they were going to do going forward. Were they going to actually take possession of what God promised them? Because he already said it was done. See, God's promise is yes and amen. God's promise is yes and amen. My life verse is Romans 4.20. Romans 4.20 says basically what God had promised, he's also able to do. And it was accounted to Abraham in righteousness because he believed that what God said God was going to do. Do we believe what God said or don't we? I've been talking about this recently because it's really been something that God's put on my heart. But it's like I've been a pastor now for over 20 years. And the thing is, is like I've been preaching a lot of stuff. I've been saying a lot of stuff from the pulpit all these years. I've been preaching the Bible. I've been preaching the word of God. It, it is a moment of decision in my own life. That's why I laid down the ministry a few weeks back and said, Lord, you know, I don't, I don't want to do anything without your anointing. I don't want to do anything without your blessing. I want you to build the house. I don't want to build the house. You know, the minute you get any, any type of notoriety in the Christian world, they try to call you a Christian celebrity. I don't want to be called a Christian celebrity. Okay, they try to they say you gotta you gotta have this publicist and you gotta have this company representing you and this, you know, and all these people, and it's very easy to fall into that. It's very easy to become one of the people that you know the Lord has said to come out from among them. Now I'm not talking about the greater the greater body, of course. There's some great remnant preachers, there's some amazing people of God. I've met so many of you around the country and around the world. You know who you are, people that hunger and thirst for righteousness. You're, you're tired of the skinny jeans and lattes and fog machines and fake Christianity and celebrity Christianity. You want the real. You want the authentic. And so you're, you're, that's why we're together, because we all feel the same about these things. I don't mean to make fun of, you know, when I say skinny jeans and stuff, I'm just, I'm just referring to the culture that's literally become a circus. It's a show. It, it's a show. We don't want to have a show. We want authenticity. We want real Christianity. We want to be in a pure stream of living water because that's where the anointing is. And so that's the thing is that if we understand who we are, what we're capable of doing by the power of the Holy Spirit, that same same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is available and in us. And that's what Joshua and Caleb understood. They understood. Look, it looks crazy. These giants are big. I'm going to read the scripture in a minute, and we're going to get into this whole thing. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, get them out. I'm telling you, we're, we're going to go through this whole thing right now. Let me finish my notes. Just I like to set the tone because we only have so much time each week, and I want to make sure you get the gist of, the, of what God is saying. So God judged the people of Israel by making them wait 40 years, okay, to enter the land. 
He also promised that every person 20 years old or older would die in the wilderness and would not see the land with two exceptions, Caleb and Joshua. Why? Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. That's in Numbers 14, 24. And you can also see verse 30. Verse 38 says this, not one of you will enter the land. I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb, son of Jephunneh and Joshua, son of Nun. That's it. That's it. He's talking about the, the spies and the leadership and those over uh, 20 years old. They're going to die in the wilderness because they didn't have the faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, you can move the mountain. Okay, with faith, you can move the giants. With faith, you can take the promised land. With faith, you can take back America. With faith, you can take down the cabal, the new world order, the world economic forum. Yeah, that's why they take my broadcast down off YouTube now. That's why they take it off Facebook, because pastors don't even want to call this stuff out. They don't even want to acknowledge the battle that we're in. And again, I'm not here to bash everybody today. I'm part of the, the body of Christ. Okay, I'm just saying, like, if we don't recognize the battle that we're in, the spiritual battle to take away our rights, to take away our freedoms, to implement a, a social credit score on us, to put us into the, the whole structure of a prison planet that they're trying to put together right now. And, and Christians and leaders and pastors around the world, I hate to say it, but you know it's true, Saint. You know it's true. People are saying the giants are too big. The cabal is too big. The deep state is too big. Okay, and they're saying, you know, the IRS, it's all they're coming after us. Yeah. Hello. I've been in this for a while. They are. But are we going to stand like Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego? Are we going to call a spade a spade? Are we going to speak the truth? Because it's the truth that sets the captive free. Either we call it out and we we actually realize the true battle that we're in. This stuff is demonic. There's a demonic plan that they want to come after our kids. They're coming after their minds. They're teaching them sexualized curriculum. They're trying to capture and enslave us all, slowly peeling away our rights, our freedoms, our religious liberties. And anybody like myself who's out here is in the attack and the assault, and we understand the spiritual battle. But guess what? We have a choice to make. God's already taken us through the Red Sea. He took me through my own Red Sea when he allowed me to live after being stabbed nine times. He, he took me out of a life of sin and death. He took me out of Hollywood when I could have died there like so many people I know. So much has already happened. He hasn't taken us this far to leave us now. You say, Pastor, I'm single. I've been praying for a spouse. He hasn't taken you this far to leave you now. Okay, if you're praying for a spouse, that is in, in motion right now. Something is in motion. Your prayer has set something into motion. Hear me now. When you pray, that's why the devil doesn't like us praying. That's why the devil doesn't like us to have prayer time and war room time and doesn't want us to go in the secret place because prayer sets something into motion. When you come into the room, I know I'm fired up today, okay? Somebody might make fun of me in the comments. I don't care, okay? I am fired up because here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you pray, you are going out, casting out, driving out. You are in action, my friend. We are in action. Faith is in action. Prayer is in action. 
We want to walk into the room and change the atmosphere. We have to be like Joshua and Caleb. We can't be like the 10 others that say this thing is too big. There is so many people in my ear. Okay, while I'm being attacked by the left, while I'm being attacked by all these, you know, platforms that want to silence me and censor me and, and, the, and the financial platforms and the, and the government that's trying to put the pressure on the ministry. I mean, I don't even tell you guys half the stuff because I can't. Okay, but it's happening. But how do we keep focused like a laser beam? Why do we get up every single day and we move forward? Why do we have a smile on our face? Why are we able to go out? Not because I'm like some super guy. It's because we believe and the God of heaven and earth is with us and goes before us. And I want if if there's nothing else that you get from today, get this. That same spirit, that same God that goes before us, that same God that went before the people of Israel. He is available in your situation. Whatever it is, he's available in your situation. He wants to move on your behalf. He wants to move in your situation. He wants to move that mountain, but you've got to be a Joshua and a Caleb. You can't be like the 10. Now, here's the deal. The promise came true after the death of Moses. Forty years later, Joshua led the people across the Jordan River into the promised land. Caleb received an inheritance in the promised land at his old age. That's in Joshua 14. The faithfulness of Joshua and Caleb teaches us that we are to stand for God even when others will not. When we do, God may choose to bless us in ways that will extend for generations to come. You ever hear that song? And your children and their children and their children. Yeah, it's a generation. Do you want to have a generational curse or do you want to give a generational blessing to your inheritance? Okay, we are fighting for the children. We're not only fighting right now in this moment, the time. This is our moment. This is our time. There's been people like Harriet Tubman. There's been people like Martin Luther King Jr. There's been people like, you know, Abraham Lincoln. There's been people, you know, so many different people that have had their time to stand in history. George Washington, you know, Thomas Jefferson. I mean, I can go on and on. Ben Franklin. So many people in time that, that we read about today. The Apostle Paul, Moses, you know, uh, Noah. In their time, God required them to stand. And listen, a lot of our life, we've had it very comfy. We've had it very cushy. I see this in the Christian world with a lot of ministers. You know, a lot of money. They got a lot of money at their resources. You know, mega church pastors and things like that. It's become very comfortable. And because of that comfortability, a lot of people are afraid to speak out like I'm speaking out right now. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back. And I don't want you to be like, oh, Pastor Todd, you're so great. That's not what this is about at all. In fact, you don't ever have to say that. Okay, this is about the Lord, all glory to the Lord. What I'm saying is you, me, those who hear, those who have ears to hear, those who have eyes to see, the urgency of the situation that we're in right now, the pivotal moment of time, this moment of decision. It's not about comfort, my friends. We have to be uncomfortable right now. This is a time when we have to look and say this God must have known, obviously he did, that we'd be here right now. God obviously knew that we'd face these challenges and that we're looking right down the barrel of the deep state, the globalists, Jenna 2030, all the nonsense that they got planned. The World Economic Forum, the digital, uh, you know, they're trying to take us into a digital currency system and 
You know, I mean, they're already putting the whole infrastructure together. And I had this revelation the other day. You know, I think we can still push back and have a few more years and one more round because the Lord has promised that just like he, he gave a promise to the people of Israel and said, you know, you're going to go in the promised land. I believe we're going to see a season of great harvest where the harvest is plentiful. I believe we're going to see a great and powerful awakening and movement. It's already started. These are good things. And we're seeing good things happen. I listed a couple of them on my Facebook page this week. There are some good. Look at the Georgia Guidestones came down in a day. Roe v. Wade overturned. People said it would never happen. You know, uh, Brian Stelter off of CNN. I'm just kidding. But no, seriously. Uh, you know, there's good things. Uh, Liz Cheney just lost. Hey, we can, we can talk about some good things happening. But this is a very important moment in time. And you have a purpose. And there's a calling on your life, whether you realize it or not. God has a plan for you. He wants to use you. Each of us have the great commission that we're meant to do. Go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them the ways of the word of God. Get people saved, set free, healed, delivered. We talk about it all the time. But there's another thing that God's put on your heart, something specific. Maybe you're a financier of the kingdom. Some of you have the anointing of finances. Some of you have the, the gift of gab. Some of you have the, the musical uh, gifting. You could lead worship. You could, you could, whatever it is that God's given you, he's given you a business acumen. He's anointed you in the business world, in the marketplace ministry. You're a teacher. You know, you're a parent. Hello, parent is very important. Raise your kids up in the ways of the Lord. You know, that's a very important mother. Very, very important. Mamas, I see you. I know my wife works real hard, real hard. She's a good mama. There's a lot of good mamas out there watching this, that you're praying for your kids. You're praying for your marriage. A lot of the women on this broadcast, you're, you're the intercessor in your family. A lot of the men have, have, have gotten, you know, apathetic, unfortunately. Some aren't even in the faith. Some of you are, are the only one in your household. And you're praying and you're believing that God is going to do something. He's going to save your spouse. He's going to save your marriage. He's going to save your child. He's going to save your brother, your sister, your coworkers, your best friend. Get it. I get it. Okay. But what are we going to do? In this time, friends, we have an opportunity to be a history maker. We have an opportunity to literally change history for the glory and the kingdom of God. We have, a, we have an opportunity to cast out, to drive out, and to go into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb were men of faith. Caleb was a man of faith. He got an inheritance because he knew the God that he served. I think the challenge that we're dealing with right now is a lot of people don't understand who God is. And that's because they haven't spent time with him. They haven't gotten his word. They've allowed doubt and fear. They've listened to the liars, the mockingbird media. They've listened to the naysayers. They listen to trust the science. Trust the science when all science points right back to God. And it's funny, they don't trust the science when it's convenient for them, when they drive around in their planes and their jets and live right on the edge of water, but tell us there's a climate change emergency. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, right? How, how they, they censor guys like me just because I'm willing to even discuss these things. You can't have an opinion. You can't have an alternative view. Now they're shutting people down. They're fighting them. I mean, the stakes are high, but the stakes are even higher if we do nothing. The stakes are even higher if we come back with a bad report and say, you know what? The cabal is too powerful. The deep state's too powerful. The demonic's too powerful. The devil's too powerful. Because that's what all of it is. All of it's demonic. 
All of it is empowered by a demonic force. It's not of God. It's not holy. It's not righteous. It's anti-God. It's anti-fruit. It's anti-spirit. It's doubt. It's fear. It's lies. Propaganda. And it seems powerful. And these giants seemed powerful. These giants were men that were huge, powerful men, and they were fortified. And it looked like that land was fortified. It looks like America's done. How in the world are we going to, they're in every institution. How are we going to possibly be able to push back these giants? But that's why this message is so important. Because we've got to remember that same God that was with the people of Israel, the same God that did all the miracles in our life, the same God that pulled us out of a life of sin and darkness, the same God that's come through time and time again, the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that healed me from stabbing nine times, one in the heart. That same God wants to take us into the promised land and deliver us as a people once again. We've got to be a people of repentant hearts. We've got to be good repenters. We've got to come back to our first love. We've got to preach about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary. Okay, we've got to take it back to the, the authenticity, the realness of our faith. It can't be about the gimmicks. You know, there's, there's false hope and there's true hope. True hope is in Jesus. That's why I have big faith. Because I looked at Joshua and Caleb. And I said, God was faithful in their life. God's been faithful in my life and God will be faithful again. But we've got to be like the two, not like the 10. Are you a two or are you a 10? Which one are you? Which one have you been relating to? Have you been relating to the prophets of Baal? Have you been relating to the mainstream narrative? Have you been relating to the lies and the propaganda? Because it's easier and because everybody else believes it. And because you're going to be ostracized, you're going to be called out, you're going to be targeted. Are you going to be the remnant? Are we going to be the remnant? I had to make this decision, friends, because like I said, the pressure has been so severe in all the years of ministry. I was telling my friend the other day, you know, when I was in Hollywood, I had to go up against witches and I was talking about holiness and purity on the air in KKLA and, and it was wicked. I mean, I, I remember 2011 was a very difficult year for me. In fact, I lost a lot of weight. I, I was, if you would see me at the time, I look emaciated. I was, I was going through it. I, I wasn't as spiritually astute as I am today, I wasn't as spiritually mature and I, I still have a long way to go, but I'm just saying, you know, I wasn't where I'm at today in a level of maturity in, in Christ, even though I thought I was at the time, uh, but we're always growing. We're always going deeper, but I'll tell you this season, the warfare has been significant and it may be the most warfare we've ever dealt with. The difference is I know the God I serve and I'm very confident in him now. I know that he's going to get us through. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know what he's going to do. Sometimes I look at the finances. I don't know how we're going to pay the bill. I don't know how we're going to expand the broadcast. I don't know how we're going to do more things, but you know, all I know is, is that I want to be like the two and not like the 10. I know the God that we serve. He's the great. I am. He's the one that spared my life. He's the one that I see when I go around the country as an evangelist and see miracle after miracle, people write us every day, miracle after miracle that we're seeing it constantly. That's the God we serve, the God that raised Christ from the dead, the God that breathed his breath into our lungs, the God, every miracle that you've ever seen in your life, that's the God that we're serving. That's how we roll. And when we look at the United States of America and we look at the challenges and we look at the church and we look at the challenges, when we look, we can look at our own life and we look at the challenges, 
We've got to remember to be the two and not the 10. We've got to remember to be the Joshua's and the Caleb's. And God is going to walk us hand by hand. I'm telling you, walk us in there to that promised land. And when we get there, we're going to be in that land of milk and honey. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We've got to have the faith. Hold on one more round, one more round. Stay tuned. Be encouraged. Let me pray for you right now. Let's just spend a few minutes in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I really want you to get this today. If you've never done this before, I know it could be a little bit weird. We're in a screen or you know, you watch on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching. But you know what? Can you just enter in for a minute here? We enter in. We just pray and just close your eyes right now. Lord, we want to be the two and not the ten. Let us be like Joshua and Caleb, Lord God. Let us go into that promised land knowing that you will deliver us. Lord God, you will defeat our enemies. You go before us. Nothing is too big for you. Nothing is too fortified for you. Nothing is too giant for you. Yes, there's giants on the land, but Lord God, we know that we have come in with a mandate from you. Lord God, that you said, this is ours. Take this territory. Lord God, you've said, stand. You've said your promise is yes and amen. You've said you've given us hope in the future. And Lord God, you've given us this land for the taking. And so you say, Lord God, take it. Let us go in, cast out, drive out in the name of Jesus. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, I feel this presence right now, friend. Listen, somebody needs a breakthrough in their business. God is breaking through right now. Just receive that. You need a breakthrough in your finances. You need a breakthrough in your business. In Jesus' name, I feel the anointing for that right now. Receive that. So that's me. Yes, yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Somebody's been really weary, really tired. God wants to give you supernatural energy right now. Supernatural energy by the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive that right now in Jesus' name. Receive that right now in Jesus' name. I, I see a woman that's dealing with a health problem, and the doctors have been very doomy and gloomy. And, and every time you go in there, it's depressing. And, and you say, is he speaking to me? Yes. Yes. And God is saying he's going to turn that around, but you can't believe the report of the enemy. You can't believe the report of the enemy. Press into him and see what he has to say about you, your life, and your health. God has abundance. God has health. God has restoration available for you in Jesus' name. One more. I feel like someone's got a little son, and he might be special needs. I don't know if he's autistic. Something's going on. But the Lord has shown me a precious face of a precious son, and, and, and there's a mama on here. And you've been praying for this son real hard and it's grieving. There's so many challenges. You, people don't even know what you got to go through. And the Lord's saying he's with you. He's going to give you that extra strength. Don't grow weary. And you're going to see some major victories. His hand is on you and your son and this situation in Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Receive that today. Receive that today. Hallelujah. Hey, one more thing. The Lord's telling me right now, somebody's going to get a business anointing. A marketplace anointing. You've been asking the Lord, what is my calling? What am I supposed to do? And the Lord is sending you in the marketplace with an anointing to fund the kingdom. So he's going to give you resources and open doors and, and things that other people are not going to have because the favor of God is on you. And so receive that. You know who you are right now. Receive that in Jesus' name. The Lord, you've been wondering what job you're supposed to do. You've been wondering, it's, it's something about a job. I don't know if you've been putting out your resume, but you're antsy and you're, and you're not liking what's going on. But God is saying he's going to move 
in your situation with a marketplace anointing that you can fund the kingdom. So keep pressing ahead and don't think like you're not doing something. God said, don't think like you're not doing something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, we are in the end times, friends. I'm not saying it's like the end, 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 end times, but I'm saying, look, it's <laughs> the hour is late. Make sure you got your house in order. Make sure you got a big faith in this time. Remember, if I preach all these years and I don't believe this, I might as well just hang up the hat now. But I do believe it. I do believe it. And so that's why I'm, I'm doubling down, I'm tripling down. The word of God is true. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is real. This is the reality of our world. Are you going to see it? Are you going to live in the reality or are you going to live in the matrix? Somebody needs to receive the Lord today. This is your day. You've been waiting and waiting. It's something that happened this morning. And on my best day of preaching, I can't make you do it. It's the Holy Spirit that you're feeling. You say, today is the day, Pastor. I am going to give my heart today. Listen, just lift your hand right now, wherever you are. Don't worry about who's with you, who's not with you. Lift up your hand. Repeat this prayer to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the cross of Calvary. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I dedicate my life to you. I will serve you all the days of my life in Jesus name. Amen. Listen, last week we had a record number of people that reached out that had received the Lord. And I'm so excited if that was you. Thank you for reaching out. I hope I responded to you. If I didn't, please make sure to get in contact with me again. I really want to hear from you. We want to send you a Bible if you need one. Uh, we just want to know. We want to know. We want to rejoice with you. This is the beginning, the first day of the rest of your life. God is going to do something powerful in your life. It may not always be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And we'll see you soon.